0: Today's episode of the Fast Brackets Podcast is brought to you by GetX. GetX features a full line of dial-in markers, burnout guard, and paint protection, and has recently introduced their brand-new racetrack-approved hand sanitizer. Find all your GetX products at your favorite retailer, JEGS, Summit, etc., or you can go online to getx.net, For your dial-in, paint protection, and now personal germ protection needs, GetX has you covered. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I'm your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. Guys, girls, today is episode number 43. It is the second week of May, and I was driving here to the studio today, and I went right past the indianapolis motor speedway and it's kind of sad because at this point in time typically in may that place is going crazy and you go out of your way to stay away from it because it's the traffic is jammed and it was just completely dead and a little bit sad um from all this uh stuff and uh you know i because of the rona stuff i hope you and your family are safe from all this stuff I mean these are crazy times I mean what with the Rona and the aliens and the volcanoes and the murder hornets and to be honest I was a little down in the dumps I was a little blue I was a little uh, just out of sorts maybe um, and that could have been just because I was a little too confined to the homestead and I needed a pick me up and I realized today's the day May 13th 1986 Top Gun was released. So it is Top Gun Day, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. Uh, It got me going a little bit. If you've um, not listened to the show uh, or at least kind of caught on as of late, stop right now. Go listen to episode number 15. I think it's about the first nine minutes of the show. You're going to want to do that right now so that you get on board. It's where I broke down exactly why Top Gun, the movie, is so important to bracket racers. Um, 34 years ago today, we learned things like calling the ball and circus stunt flybys. We learned all about Maverick and Goose and their nemesis, Iceman, and that stinky slider. We learned that engines can be used to drown out the sound of your girlfriend's voice and that you should always wear cut-off jeans to play volleyball. I mean, it was all glorious. If you've never seen the movie, do yourself a favor and watch it um, just so you can get caught up. And if your kids haven't seen it, maybe you're older to that point where um, you have kids and they have not seen it, do the right thing. Be a good parent and make them watch it. It's good for society to have people out there that will never, ever leave their wingman. So that should get it going. Uh, it always does for me. So happy Top Gun Day to everybody. But on top of that, we've got a great episode for you today. We've got two unbelievable guests. Uh, we've got Cody Moore coming on. He's the Top Dragster winner at the Midwest Pro Mod Series first event in Tulsa. And then we have Sporty Bandemir. He's the track manager at Bandemir Speedway out in colorado i cannot wait to have them on we've got a breaking news for you today um so i can't wait to get to that as well so get to doing whatever it is you do while you listen to the show make your commute clean the shop work on the old heap but metaphorically speaking get your helmet on get strapped in because here we go All right, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box. Folks, we are living in crazy times. It is utter madness out there. Uh, Misinformation, no matter where you turn, there's a feeding frenzy of fear-mongering and power-grabbing by elected officials. It is straight insanity. Uh, What we're seeing out there is governors losing their flipping minds. Uh, Here in Indiana, we had the governor- barricade the entrance to a dirt track that was going to open last week. Uh, Never mind that the data is clearer and clearer every day, that the key to dealing with this is to have, A, a solid immune system, um, and B, that uh, old people and obese people and those with previous comorbidities are the most severely impacted compared to the rest of the populace. Uh, what governors should be doing is banging on every day at their pressers about increasing vitamin D and vitamin C intake, limiting sugar intake, and staying healthy, getting some exercise and working on your immune system. Instead, What this dimrod did was send everyone to Lowe's and to the grocery store and put up barricades to outdoor racetracks where everyone can social distance as much as they want. To tell you how stupid some of these governors are, uh, at least in Indiana anyway, they limited drive-in movie theaters to 50% occupancy. Think about that one for just one second, limiting drive-in movie theaters to 50 percent occupancy and try to make any logic stick to that mess at all there was one bright spot however Cole, the coles county dragway owner uh veland rodney veland uh sued the county for the right to open now coles county is an old school racetrack in central illinois i've been there um for the most part it's a great track. It is not much to look at. Um, you have to go over this bridge uh, to get to the track. That I swear you're going to fall. I mean, you swear it's going to fall apart every time you haul your trailer over it. Um, and and it's a it's a little bit uh, nerve wracking. It doesn't, uh, but you have to do it, and you swear it's going to fall apart every time you go over there. Um, and I don't say that in a bad way. It's a it's a great place to race, and Rodney has done that a really nice job. With it since taking over a couple of years ago. But more importantly, Rodney is right. He said, if you make me stay closed, I'm gonna go broke. And there isn't much data to support the fact that racetracks should be stay stay closed. So luckily for all of us, a judge in central Illinois had the good sense to uphold the Constitution and let Rodney and Coles County Dragway open up. So In my mind, I hope more tracks file lawsuits against the governors for shutting them down. Uh, This isn't socialism in the United States yet, Um, although if the congressmen in D.C. have anything to say about it, they might get us there. I mean, think about this. Congress just took over the Fed, and the Fed then immediately printed $3 trillion to add to the Treasury. They have ultimately said that they will print as much money as it takes to get us out of this Rona issue. Great. We should all be so lucky. We should all get to print as much money as we have in debt. We could all spend until our hearts were full and then just say, How much do I owe you? Twenty two trillion. Hold your horses while I crank up this printer. I'll have your twenty-two trillion plus interest shortly. Wait in the car, please. I'll dump it on the front lawn. It is maddening to have drunken sailors at the helm and no one smart or courageous enough to lead from the state or congress perspective we probably actually should dig into this a little bit more because drag racing is so dependent on dollars to move everything forward i mean nothing has gotten cheaper in the last decade or two um but uh this this thing happens to an economy certain things They happen when you just start dumping piles of piles of cash into the economy. But that's, truthfully, probably for a later time. Um, I'm an optimist, I'll tell you. But I'm buying Bitcoin in the meantime. Okay, let's put this in the beams presented by thisisbracketracing.com. Um, And let's bring on a former junior dragster track champion. He's a multi-time top dragster winner in the PDRA. He's a former top 10 finisher in the Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series points. And he's the most recent winner of the Midwest Pro Mod Series Throwdown in T-Town Top Dragster event. Welcome to the show from Collinsville, Oklahoma, Cody Moore. Cody, how are you today, man? I'm doing good. How about you, Rex? I'm not as good as you because I don't have a trophy and I don't have the cash from winning the event this weekend. But uh but other than that, I'm pretty good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, nice. I'm still uh still shaken over it actually. I mean it's pretty uh it's a pretty cool deal.
0: Yeah, no, you uh you absolutely killed it. Um but before we get into the event itself, um Take us back a little bit. Um, now you're a fairly young guy, right? Um, you're what? How old are you? Uh, Twenty-eight. Right. Yeah. So for old guys like myself, that is very young. But uh, um, take us back just a couple years then, and tell us how you got started in racing.
1: Uh, I got started through my grandpa. Um, my mom always always tells me or jokes with me that I was I was born on a Friday and at the racetrack on a Saturday um <laughs> right so uh that's how i got started in it i started racing juniors when i was five um i was the first if not one of the first junior racers to go down toss raceway park like um in 96 so um just kind of progressed from there and uh made our way through started in super pro and then we decided we wanted to go faster so um we went we put nitrous on the car and started running some top dragster stuff. And then we thought, well, we're going to need to go faster. So, um, we went to a root style blower and, and then found out that wasn't going to be fast enough. So we went to a bigger root style blower and, um, it's, it's come a long way since, since we started, that's for sure.
0: Right. The, the progression just started, right? You just, uh, you, you get that in your blood and you got to go faster and got to go faster. Um, and so now you've you've done a lot of top dragster racing, um, and and I know some Super Pro stuff as well. But uh, what's really drawn you to the top dragster stuff as opposed to just running Super Pro at uh, at your you know your home track all the time?
1: We, uh, me and my grandpa both wanted to go fast. I mean that's that's part of what we wanted to do, and we like and we like the bracket racing stuff. And um, top dragster was kind of the best of both worlds, and uh, we just had to keep just had to keep progressing with the class because it's always getting faster. I mean, when we first started top dragster, it wasn't nothing for 750s, 760s to get in. And now if you're, if you're not going 16s or six twenties or six thirties, you, you're not, you're not getting in the field now. Um, we uh, kind of stepped back from top dragster a couple of years ago. We, we uh, sold our blower stuff and uh, we kind of just went back to bracket racing, but we just bought another motor, um, Built by Rare Morrison and uh, it's been a fast, good piece so we uh, decided to enter top drags for this weekend and it worked out.
0: Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Um, Tell us about your car that won. Um, Walk us through the chassis and uh, drivetrain and all that.
1: Uh, It's a 2007 TNT. Uh, We bought it in 2011, I believe. Um, 2010, sorry. Um, It's been a good car. We've, We've had no trouble out of it it's it's usually on kill on on rails 99 percent of the time so we're we're very happy with that um the motor we've had i don't know how many different motors in this car and it's reacted and worked the way that we wanted it to and done everything that we've asked it to so it's been a been a really good car to us um the motor we just bought last year it's a 632 12 degree raptor headed deal from rare morrison okay and uh we've been really impressed with it as well um it's, uh, it's really it's really good really fast for for being a single floor uh style motor that it just works really good
0: yeah and then and did you spray it as well or is it naturally aspirated it, it's all all throttle all throttle no bottle all right <laughs> Well, that, it's impressive then, um, given given the ETs you're throwing up, then uh, for just for not having any nitrous on that thing at all uh, for six thirty two. It's a, it's an impressive uh, impressive motor for sure.
1: It is uh, the air the air was really good this weekend, and the track was on point. Uh, Toss Racing Park staff had the had the track working really good. It, I ran. I started the weekend with a 434 with a 2 ET and uh, finished the weekend. I would have been going the exact same ET. My 60 foot and 330 were identical to my very first run on um, Friday. So it was uh, really impressive.
0: Yeah, that is that is impressive. And we're, we're going to dig into the race itself here in a second. But before we get to that, tell everybody what you do for a living. What's your day-to-day 9 to 5?
1: My day-to-day 9 to 5, I am the facility manager here at Toss Raceway Park. Um, okay. Got a pretty wide uh, job description. I mean, I can be mowing the grass, or I can be scraping the track, or I can be prepping the track, or starting on the starting line, or a water box, or, I mean, there's there's a lot of, I do just about everything there is to do here almost.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's safe to say that uh, you know, you literally know every inch of that track.
1: It's yeah, I've covered. <laughs> there's not very many feet or inches that I haven't seen at this racetrack or know where something is. So,
0: right, but uh, they they let you off to to race. Then is that that's the deal.
1: They do. They're pretty. Uh, I'm I'm pretty. I'm very grateful for uh, being able to do what I do and be able to get to go race as much as I do and not have to not have to really worry about it as much because my two of my bosses are races racers themselves. So they, they kind of understand at least, at least for right now. So.
0: Yeah, no, well, I guess if you're there racing, they know how to get a hold of you too, right? Yeah. They know where to find me. So. That's right. That's right. Um, well that, that's great stuff. So you essentially went to work, um on the weekend and showed up uh and then said all right let's go let's go do this thing and so you qualified but um but how how did qualifying go i mean you end up qualifying 16th um which is all you need to be in the field but uh walk us through the mentality about qualifying and you know when did you get maybe a little bit nervous about if you know if you didn't have enough etc
1: uh we actually uh we actually weren't a hundred percent sure that we were going to run Top actually this weekend. I mean, we, we had planned on it, but after seeing the caliber of cars that were here and we kind of got, kind of, kind of got second guessing ourselves about entering. So, um, Saturday rolls around and I'm talking to my grandpa. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm 99% sure we can get in. I mean, I know we can go mid thirties. The bump at that time was, uh, four forty six I believe. Um so we went up there, we got a tech card, I made my run and went uh four thirty five nine. Um and then one guy that was not qualified got in ahead of me, so that put me on the bump spot. Um we roll around we get ready for Q four and I know the people that aren't in are gonna step their stuff up. So um I made the decision to try to make it leave harder and try to try to better myself in qualifying to outrun those guys that weren't in yet because i knew they were going to do the same thing and uh uh, carson wheeler was one of them and i knew he was going to step it up so i watched him first and he shook the tires which was kind of a blessing for me um kind of kind of made it easier on me but we made our q4 pass and it shook the tires as well so we didn't make a clean run anyways so it Mm. it all worked out as far as that goes
0: yeah so uh yeah, a little bit of nervousness there, but you got through it. You, uh, you qualify. So now you're in the race. So, which is all you need in, in this scenario. Um, but, uh, you pull up, you, you pull up for uh, first round. Um, and, uh, how'd that go? You, uh, how'd, how'd first round go for you?
1: First round went well. Um, I, uh, one of the, the, competitor that i was supposed to race was uh, bob alberti and he ended up having some engine trouble so he couldn't make the call for first round so i ended up racing a uh, another buddy uh, john herring um out of arkansas he was an alternate that got in and uh he he turned it four red so i got i got by that round pretty easily with the, with his red light so that was that was nice um car was doing exactly what i wanted it to do and everything was working working right
0: Yeah, so you get through the first round and you go, "Congratulations! I got through first round. I've got in second round the U.S. national winner, Rusty Baxter." Right. Congrats. uh, (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, he's uh, he's always tough. I raced him. I actually raced him uh, at this race in October, and he uh, he put it on me. So I kind of wanted. I kind of wanted and needed redemption on that one. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been. Missing the tree a little bit all day long and I've been scared to take the layout out and I, I left it alone and was 30 on the tree. Luckily, he was a little bit worse than I was and uh, um, ran close to my dial and was there without breaking out. So that round was probably one of the most nervous ones, I, I would think, because he's a, he's a really tough, really tough competitor.
0: Yeah. And you, you, uh, you had a little bit on the tree with him and then you were uh dead five on your dial. So, uh, so you got, uh, you know, you, you made up for last year was what happened. Yeah. yes,
1: yeah, so I got, I got my redemption that I needed. I'm sure he's going to be wanting it back at some point. So
0: <laughs> of course, right. <laughs> of course, yeah. there's no other way. Uh, so now yeah, you're, I- so now you're in the semis. Um, so, uh, at, walk us through that where you're like you got to be feeling pretty good about this time
1: feeling pretty good yeah um i was like i said i'd been missing the tree all day long and i i had uh i'm like i gotta do something I'm, I'm either gonna i'm gonna pull some out of my box and i'm either gonna turn it red or it's gonna be decent or good and uh i ended up pulling i think 12 or 13 out of my box and i and i had uh carson wheeler which was one that didn't get in that got into an alternate spot. Um and uh we roll up there to the starting line and he he turns at one red and I was eight on the tree. So that was another lucky round. Not really a lucky round, but it was it was a good good deal for me to get into the final.
0: Yeah, like at, at least now you know where you're at in the box then, right? Like you, you right, pull that yeah. and so it gives you a good feel. And then you go to the final and you've got Bob Henry. Um, he's the number one qualifier. He's um i mean he he just knows exactly what it takes to get it done in the finals there and so so now um you know you're you pull up there for the final knowing hey i got a chance to win this thing
1: right um and me and bob are been friends for a while now and uh it actually i i was actually in super pro as well um they had a timing system issue and i had to end up needing to rerun that round and uh, I went and asked Bob if he would wait on me uh 10 or 15 minutes like go make the make, go make my run in super pro and come back around and he had no problem with it and I would have done the same thing for him so that's a really big big thing for him to do because not a lot of people probably would have done that so that's uh that was really really awesome of him yeah. um, so uh, we roll up for the final and we tell each other good luck be safe all this stuff and Uh, roll up in stage and I let go and I'm like if it's green it's good and uh, (laughs) left starting line and it wasn't red so I got a little ways down the track I'm looking back to make sure he's coming and he's coming and he's coming fast so um, I get down there to the finish line and I'm like I think I need to get on the brakes so I got on the brakes right at the end and was uh, 001 dead on 9 and he missed the tree a little bit which I knew all day long he had been hitting the tree really well so
0: yeah, because Bob's dialed a three eighty seven and in the final you dial four thirty-four. So uh to say he was coming on is I mean is very, very accurate. He had about uh what, about thirty-five mile an hour that he's um you know, coming to you on the at the stripe. So to take that stripe and to say um it worked is a man, like you killed it double oh one, dead on nine for a ten pack in the final. Against Bob Henry, who we we know is uh, is a great competitor. So, man, uh, huge huge win.
1: Yeah, it was awesome uh, to be to be double one on the tree in the final. It's uh, it's pretty big. Uh, I Bob just slipped up one time and it and it worked out for us. Uh, he's always tough. He, no matter what car he's in, if he's in a S10 truck or if he's in one of his dra- his bracket dragster or anything, I mean, he's always good. So.
0: Yeah, so to to get that win, uh, start the season off right, um, that that's got to feel really really good. So does that uh, does that mean you'll chase this series a little bit this year, or how? What does that uh, mean for you?
1: We would like to. I don't know that we that we will because we've already made uh, our schedule out for the year. So if it works out to where we can make another race or something or something like that, we would probably might try to chase it. Um, I would like to. It's a good series. Midwest Promont series has come a, come to be a pretty big deal um, for everyone. Um, the top drags top sportsman stuff is something that I tried to push a few years ago when they were doing just the throwdown races before it was a series, and they finally got it. And I know they got a lot of help from Danny Nelson and a lot of other sponsors to make it make the make it happen. So I'm glad that we have some a traveling series that has a good pay out in a good purse for all the more local midwest guys um to go race at at different different facilities so it's a really really good deal
0: yeah no i, th- I think so too um it uh it, it's gonna be it's gonna keep getting better and better i think so uh, i'm excited for you to to you know notch that win and uh hopefully Hopefully we can get you out and uh, keep that keep that going a little bit, or maybe for the rest competitors uh, thought that maybe they'll be glad if you stay home, Cody. <laughs> uh,
1: maybe I don't know. There's there's people I don't like I don't like racing against either. So, um, but it's always good to start your year off with a win because you never know how a racing season is going to go, or if if this is going to happen, or if you're going to even win around. So to start with a win is uh, pretty big for the 2020 season for sure.
0: I agree. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things I've been asking everybody in this segment is just: is there one thing? And you and you're around it. I mean, you're you're in it more than most. Even the fact that you're at a track every single day, um, just in the name of constant improvement. Uh, what would is there anything you would change in our classes just to make them just a little bit better?
1: I think the the top drafts, top sports, and stuff is really good. Like it is, honestly. Um, I don't know. That there's much that I would change, if anything at all. I think we. I think the purses are starting to get better, so that's an improvement. That's one thing that I would have that i wanted to see because um, everybody's running so fast now, and have so much money invested, and in. everybody else does too for for every other class. But it makes it better for the faster guys to be able to win. More money have a better purse and uh have more to more to race for basically, so I think they're doing a whole lot better job now than they were um the midwest stuff and the n h r a stuff is also also improving as well, so that's that's one thing that i would that I've been thinking about.
0: It's interesting you say that because we're going to break some news later on this show about that exact topic. So um, I I think you're right. I think you're absolutely on the right page. And uh, for our listeners, uh, big big stuff in in that vein coming up here soon. But uh, Cody, thanks so much for coming on, man. Uh, Congrats for getting that uh, win at the throwdown at T-Town under your belt. Um, appreciate you coming on and kind of walking us through that race, and uh, wish you luck, man, for the rest of the season.
1: Thank you. I appreciate. It. I appreciate it so much. I'm glad. To, glad you had me on today,
0: guys, girls. That was uh, Cody Moore, um, your first Midwest Pro Mod Series top dragster winner this year. <laughs> Today's half track report is brought to you by. Of course, you know it, dragracelawyer.com. Protect yourself if you need to, folks. Uh, get with Ed Harney at dragracelawyer.com. It is uh, going to be an interesting wild world out there, legally speaking, going forward. But uh, there is actually huge news this week uh, the half track report. We actually have a race to report on the Midwest Pro Mod Series. They went to Tulsa, they had their throwdown in T Town presented by the Osage Casino Hotel, uh, Tulsa Motorsports Park. In addition to their normal ProMod show, we should give a little shout-out, Craig Sullivan was on the show early, and he won the ProMod Slammers class, so congrats to Craig for winning his first ProMod event there. Uh, But in addition to the ProMod show, then they also host a top sportsman and top dragster uh, event and was it was very, um, very, very well done by everybody who showed up there. So on the top dragster side, your number one qualifier was Bob Henry. You heard him on the Fast Brackets podcast on our live U.S. National show. He went 387 at 189 miles an hour in the eighth to clinch the top spot. And there were 21 cars. The bump spot was Cody Moore. Uh, he went four thirty-five at 158 miles per hour and qualified by eight thousand um, making the bump spot. So you heard him her here earlier and you heard him get the win. Um, Cody Moore ultimately uh, beats Bob Henry in the final. Cody is 001 dead nine. For a 10-pack total. That did not leave any room for Bob. So congrats to Cody Moore for starting the season with a W. On the top sportsman side, your number one qualifier was Bruce Thrift in his colorful 18 GTO. He goes 406 at 176 miles an hour for the top spot. There were 14 cars there. Um eleven of those were 440s or better, though. So it was a it was a really great field and your winner was Jimmy Lewis. Um he beats Marty Blair in the final. Marty goes 003 red and Jimmy goes 002 red giving Jimmy Lewis and his 08 GXP the W. So congrats to everybody who showed up there on the top sportsman and top dragster side. Um they you guys put on a great show. Nicely done. In addition to that, uh, we're going to get a little action from the PDRA as well. So they're going to go ahead and fire it up May 29th and 30th. So I told you that maybe the Midwest Pro Mod Series was the only series you could run at if you wanted to run top dragster, top sportsman in May. I was wrong, and I'm never wrong, but uh, – Turns out, uh, just didn't have all the information. And so here we go. May 20, 29th and 30th at Galat Motorsports Park. The PDRA is going to put on their East Coast Nationals and get this thing fired up. Um, so the the Midwest Pro Mod and the PDRA are going. NHRA has still postponed all their races. Uh, I think the big news out of the NHRA camp is that the JEGS All Star event, which was scheduled to be a go in Chicago will not be contested due to the schedule change, and the rumor is that the JEGS All-Stars will be contested at Indy this year. That is huge news, if true, uh, because not only will we have the best of the best, but we will have incredible bump spots to go along with that, so that actually may change a little bit uh, who shows up, given if they think they can even qualify, so Interesting stuff with that, but that's huge news. We will get that to you once it's confirmed by the NHRA. Whoa, let's get out of the groove here for just one minute. We've actually got some good news for you today coming out of the welcome back file. Uh, It was announced that Larry Nance will be bringing his Catch 22 Pro Mod Camaro back to competition soon. And this is really good news. It's really good news for tall guys. It's really good news for ex-basketball players. And it's really good for all of us. Uh, Because he does bring a little bit of media with him, which is good for the sport. He, of course, made his fame and fortune wearing number 22 for the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Phoenix Suns in the late 80s, early 90s. My man, Larry Nance, could absolutely fly. Uh, he was a three-time All Star and was the very first winner of the Slam Dunk Contest that the NBA ever put on. Uh, I've been watching nostalgically and loving it. The Last Dance comment or uh, documentary on ESPN about uh, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, and it brought me back, man, to watching those guys play when I was growing up. Um, and you know, it just, uh, it, it just brought it back for me and then i was excited to hear that also that larry was gonna come back and and do some racing again and my understanding is that 68 Camaro of his is a nest car it's very nice and i am assuming that it has extra leg room which i'm a big fan of um but that's his, his catch 22 uh car um in either event i think we need all the eyes we can on our sport uh you know, so when Larry Nance comes back or Fletcher Cox get out um, you know it, it's really good for all of us. I've also heard a rumor that Tom Hammond is making a comeback as well. Tom was great in his playing days at Georgia Tech and the NBA as well. Um, so maybe we can convince some of these other pro athletes to get involved. Athletes generally love the competition and the desire to control the speed. Uh, Jordan you know, I don't think they're going to talk about this on the Last Dance documentary, but uh, it was always known that he had a motorcycle and was rumored to run around Chicago at about 4 a.m., where there was less traffic, and he could run that bike up to about 140 miles an hour on the city streets of Chicago. So, uh, you know, maybe with this downtime, we can turn this thing into a positive. Um, you know, it is, it is interesting. I mean, that where all of a sudden racetracks will be a safer alternative than an elevator or an office building with per, poor circulation. So think about that. Um, It's probably the first time in history that a racetrack has been a safer place for you than an elevator. So good for all of us, um, and maybe we will see some more pro athletes from other sports come and play in our sandbox. All that is and would be good for our sport, in my opinion, as we move forward in America 2.0. All right, as we hit the mile-per-hour cone, let's bring on our guest uh, from Vandermeer Speedway, Sporty Bandamere. How are you today, Sporty?
2: I'm doing great, thank you. How are you today?
0: I, I can't complain. Uh, nobody cares when I do, so uh, we just we keep <laughs> rolling, you know?
2: I totally understand
0: that. <laughs> uh, hey, before we get going here too much, um, I, I got to ask you, how do you get the name Sporty? I like it, but how do you get that as a name?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll answer that, but I'll answer that with just a little little bit of history about our, our family. Um, my grandfather really is the one that got us into this mess. He he was a, a pioneer in the high-performance industry, I loved the automobile, um, did a lot of work for, for Chevrolet, General Motors, um, for Chrysler um and and just he loved uh building he loved horsepower um and so he's really the one that got us started and so my grandfather was john senior and then my father came along my father loved cars as well obviously growing up you know in a car family really enjoyed it um actually um Enjoyed horsepower of a different kind. He enjoyed cattle. He enjoyed farming and, and really kind of went to school thinking he was going to be a cattle buyer. And after playing some sports and getting injured, his his father called him and said, hey, you know, I really need you to come home and help me in the auto parts business. And so he he packed up his bags and got involved in the family auto parts business. Um, And then uh, here comes third generation. That's me. I become John the third. And my grandfather actually gave me that nickname. And so having three Johns in the family, everybody kind of had nicknames. And and so my grandfather gave that to me. And, And of course, now I have the fourth generation, which is John the Fourth, and we call him Scooter. So everybody's got nicknames, and ironically, probably more people know me by by Sporty than they do by John. So I like kinda it. Cre- kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, that's that's great stuff. Um, yeah, so I mean, you grew up. You literally grew up at the racetrack. I mean, people say they do, but you probably literally did, right? Because it's family owned and has been family owned for uh, what I, I want to say, 1958. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right, 1958. My, my grandfather, um, he wanted a facility. In fact, the original name of the facility was the Safety Proving Grounds of America. And, and what he wanted is he wanted a facility where young kids could go, they could learn automotive skills, um, and then they, they would have a place to go play with their automobile that would be in a you know, safe, supervised environment. Um, the other side of it was, is because he enjoyed the industry so much and did so much in the way of manufacturing that he, he wanted a place where manufacturers could go test products. And so that's, that's really how it started now because he was this entrepreneurial type minded guy, he was, he was always jumping from one thing to the next. So it was really my grandmother that really ran the the business side of things. She had the business sense and, um, as my father then got more involved, um, the facility really hit a place where it, it was no longer able to just be a, a little hobby, little play thing. I mean, we we couldn't even really afford the property tax at that point in time. And so my my father said, you know, we we need to start creating events. We need to start creating income to be able to survive and to to just be able to keep the property. So he kind of turned the auto parts business over to his brother and came out and and spent full time at the racetrack building and growing. And, And so the name then by then had changed. It became Vandermeer Speedway Park at that point and uh, continued to grow. And, of course, he, he had a goal, and his, his goal was that at some point he wanted to be able to, to build a facility to host an NHRA national event. And so in, in 1978, that was the first year that we had a, a national event, and, and it was the Mile High Sports Nationals. So it had everything except for the nitro cars. And then, of course, in 1979, then it came on as a full-fledged know national event with with the pros and and everybody so um that's kind of how it works so yeah as a kid growing up this is where i spent my summers picking up trash and cutting weeds and and (laughs) doing all that kind of stuff and then of course at some point you know i graduated and i was able to sell fuel and and work the et booth and do all those kinds of things so um there's there's a lot of us that uh you know grew up around it and so it becomes it becomes more than a, than a job and a livelihood. It becomes your, your life, your yeah. life. It's what you, you do and it's your, your passion and it's what you know. And, um, so just, again, it's, it's completely different than somebody who, who graduates from school and says, you know, I'm going to do marketing and I think motorsports would be fun. You know, um, for us, it's, it's something that's just in your blood and you, you, you eat, breathe it and sleep it.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, and you've uh you know you've you've been doing that uh since you were a little kid what's what's your day job technically now
2: I tell you what, I'm very fortunate that we have a family that's all involved in the business. I have um, two sisters. I have my wife, uh, my, my brother-in-law, Larry. In fact, uh, my, my brother-in-law, Larry, and a lot of track operators and racers know my brother-in-law and my two nephews as the Traction Twins and Mr. Sticky. Um, they they right. do a lot of traveling. Um, we actually uh, manufacture a lot of track prep equipment. And so, as a family, we're we're all involved, and we all have uh, we we kind of rather than label ourselves as as president, vice president, whatever, we just call ourselves the executive team. Sure. And we all we all we all work together and use our our talents in whichever ways we can. But really, where my focus is is to create the events, to create events, to to market the events. Um, and to, to deal with all the, the, the behind the scenes stuff to make the season really happen from a scheduling, a marketing and event coordination, uh, you know, those types of things. And that's where I feel where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm best fitted, you know, whereas, you know, Larry, you know, he takes care of the facility and he takes care of the track and that type of thing. And so we're, we're very, very blessed to be able to have a family that can, can work together and that we all have different talents in different areas that, that, that work well together.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, And, of course, putting on events has been a little bit of a challenge here as of late, Um, (laughs) to put it mildly. Um, Very mildly. (laughs) um, Have you had, um, I'm guessing you've had a lot of conversation with uh, different government um, agencies and try to how you can, I guess, legally still get back to operating? How has that process gone
2: it's 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 a big challenge. In fact, you know, you and I were talking um, earlier, you know, about weather and just, you know, normal things and, and uh, you know, the days of us only having to worry about whether it was going to rain or not, you know, we'd love to get back to that. But, um, you know, I think one, one of the things that we all have to understand, and if we haven't done a good job of it leading up to this point, um, it's a little bit of a wake-up call in the fact that we have a big job not only to run facilities and to create events and, and that kind of thing, but we also have a big job of, of how we're involved in our communities. Um, and that can be, that can be done in a lot of different ways, being involved with your, your commissioners being involved with library foundations being involved. I mean, the, the list goes on and on, right? Yeah. And so having the ability to, to, to be involved and, and again, um, w- within our family, within our business, uh, my oldest sister Tammy and my father—they're—they're they're really kind of our community liaisons. They—they they love being involved that way. They love communicating that way, and, and, it, and it, again, it becomes a talent for them. But we spend a, a, a really considerable amount of time trying to develop those relationships and, and create a, a value within our community. Um, aside from us running events, aside from us bringing economic impact into our area. Um, now, that doesn't solve our problems completely, <laughs> right. but what it does do is it at least gives you open doors to be able to have good productive conversation with people. Um, a- again, another layer to it is is that we have a, a great relationship both personally and marketing-wise with um, St. Anthony's Hospital through Centura Health and with Flight for Life, and and so it g- gives us the ability to really kind of pick their brains to know what's going on in the world, how can we fit into it, what can we do uh, responsibly, um, and and how that's going to be perceived and what that's going to look like. And I don't think any of us right now are perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, we probably all have different viewpoints as to what's going on and why and what for and, and, and sometimes it's, there's a time to argue that and there's a time to not argue that. And, sure. and so, you know, as this has all happened, we, we like pretty much everybody else, um, canceled everything up through April. Um, as, as we, we've, we've moved into May, we've tried to be really, really careful. Uh, we had a lot of really big events scheduled for May um, from a spectator standpoint that unfortunately we've had to postpone. Um, In some cases we've had to cancel and in other cases we've we've had the luxury to be able to try to postpone them later on in the season um, to be able to, to, to get them in. Um, and so now we really kind of have limited ourselves. We, we want to get started. We want to continue to be a, a, an economic force in our community. Um, we want to be able to support you know, our staff. We want to be able to, to support our, our motorsports industry. And I think that's the, that's the part that a lot of people really don't understand is, is that uh, motorsports as an industry is a huge economic engine. Um, you know, and so we want to do whatever we can responsibly to be able to continue to to, to move in the right direction. And so it has been a challenge. Um, it seems to be moving pieces on a kind of a daily, daily basis. Um, so right now we've, we've, we've established a lot of guidelines here for the facility. Um, we've cut our events to be more of the participant oriented type stuff in an effort to, to reduce, um, exposure and touch points and all those kinds of things. And, and each day we, we learn how to do things just a little bit differently, maybe a little bit better. And, and I think the other important thing is, is, is to, to look at what we do and not just necessarily look at all the negative that's happening. But to say, hey, you know what, here's a lot of really cool things that are happening because of this that maybe we wouldn't have been um, so eager to change, but now we have to. And it's like, hey, that that actually works out pretty good, you know, and could could actually be uh, a a real positive for us. So it's a challenge, and we're we're not by any stretch of the imagination saying that we've got it whipped or that we've got – everybody completely happy or anything that way. But, um, you know, our, our, our industry is really tight. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about family, right. And how this is our racing family and that's really true. And, And what we do has a lot of, of impact, um, mentally, physically, emotionally, um, as well as economically, and And I think that when when we go through something like we're going through right now, that really brings us back home to realize um, that we are kind of an essential in a way. you know that, that from a, from a mental health and, a, and, and that type of thing, we, we really do fit a bill um, that the people that are in our world really need and and enjoy so they're 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 struggling right now and, and all over the country and and again together we just are trying to be as responsible as we can in an effort to to get ourselves reengaged, to get us back to to a, a normal uh business um but but to do it in, in ways where we don't take steps backwards either
0: yeah no i think you you guys have done a good job because i know you're you're back getting racing and to highlight one of the points you talked about um one of the big positive steps that you've taken and um are excited to announce I know and that's why one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show we've got breaking news we've got a huge huge announcement for our classes top sportsmen and top dragster and um I think now is the the best time for you to talk about uh since we've been talking a little about rescheduling uh we had a, a <laughs> new a new had to shuffle the schedule a little bit but we've got big news here uh, why don't you tell us about that monster event that you're going to host in September now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what, we've, we've had the opportunity to work with Wes Buck and the guys at, at drag illustrated the last couple of years. And we've put on some really cool events. And by the way, um, th- those events, um, have been really, really fun for us because it's it's given us the opportunity to kind of get out of the box just a little bit and to do some things differently. Um, but you know, top dragster and top sportsman, um, those are classes that are, are are really a backbone of what we do. They're super exciting. Um, the men and women that compete in them, I mean, it, it's amazing, the, the performances and the show and everything. But we have grown that to the point that, that this year um, we are doing a 20,000 to win in each one of those categories uh, at the event, that's uh, going to be a combination. Again, we're kind of in a weird state, right? So we've sure. taken our our Napa our Napa Auto Parts Night of Fire and Thunder, and we've taken our our one cure you know main event you know with with Drag Illustrated, and we're kind of meshing the two of them together to have one big blowout uh, event in September on the 11th and 12th, and uh, those two categories we and we so that you understand we couldn't do those classes without the support of sponsors, right? Right. And so Magnafuel and Robbie Ward and his family, um, they've been huge supporters of those classes here uh, the last two years and continue to be. And so we have the Magnafuel Pro Star and the Magnafuel Quick Star. And that's how we label them. And uh, drivers will get an opportunity to compete for 20 grand to win in each one of those categories. And, and the other layer of that is, is that we will also have a secondary field so racers who do not make the qualified field we will still run a category that they can compete in and right now that that category is at five thousand to win and uh, lord willing if we can come up with some additional sponsorship we'll we'll take that to an even higher higher amount as well so we're super excited and and reg you got to understand we have actually been doing top dragster top sportsman type categories Um, before they became an NHRA category. Um, We started it years ago as our Fast and Quick 16 classes. And, um, so we're, we're diehard sportsman, uh, top dragster, top sportsman facility. And, and we've been doing it for, for many, many years. And as NHRA adopted those categories into their competition, um, that was just kind of a, a pat on the back for us because we were excited to be on the ground floor of that making some of those kinds of things happen. And that's why it's, it's so important and so exciting for us now to be able to take these these Fuel classes and take them to another level and be able to uh, to do a a monster blowout at 20 grand to win
0: I love it Um, that uh, to my knowledge and to my research is going to be the largest purse ever for top sportsman and top dragster in history and those are 32 car fields I believe is what you said correct that is correct so we've got so we've got 32 car fields um, it's a, what, a $200 entry fee for it? I mean, it's it's Correct. next to nothing um, compared to uh, what we, you know, normally have. And so 200 to enter, $20,000 to win. It's a 32-car field, and then there's a non-qualifier race on top of that. Uh, so that's huge for our sport. Uh, I've, I talk quite a bit about what next progressions uh, we have to make um, for our classes in the sport, and to me this is – the next logical conclusion and i think is just uh fantastic for all of us involved in top dragster and top sportsman
2: well and, and, and you know these classes are so exciting i mean you know obviously they've evolved a, a lot in the last you know three years and yep. um you know the exciting part is is when you you look at the fact that you've got nitrous cars, and you've got blower cars, and turbo cars, and you've got you know, such a variety, I think that really makes it fun. Um, again, it's got broad appeal. Um, w- when you get into the door cars, I mean, that's that's got monster appeal because a lot of these cars are cars that look like cars and people can relate to them and they're fun and and whether you're you're the nitrous guy or the blower guy or whatever it 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 just it just throws that excitement back into our sport um that's that's important uh, and it's neat, neat, neat to see the personalities that get created out of it as well.
0: I, I couldn't agree more, and um, I'm I'm so excited. Uh, really appreciate you coming on and breaking this this news uh, for all of uh, Fast Brackets Nation here uh, today. And I, I tell you what. Um, I'm so excited about this and I've never been to Thunder Mountain and I've heard it's one of the most uh, gorgeous racetracks in the country. So I'm really excited. So I think what I'm probably going to do is haul my butt out there and maybe do a live show during that event. So uh, I think that's probably what's going to happen because I think it's so important and um, it's such a big deal for our classes.
2: Well, I I appreciate that. And and you know, the one thing I want to add to it, just so that the guys that are listening um and tuning in really understand, we do we do follow the top dragster, top sportsman NHRA rules. Um the only the only piece to it that is a little bit different is as NHRA changed that E. T. break, we still follow the the advanced E T break at six flat. Right. Okay. So that that's really the only change. So I mean anything that's from a safety standpoint or anything that way, we do follow the top dragster, top sportsmen. Uh but that six flat is, is the only thing. So again, just want to be up front with them so that they know know all the details before they, they start making their way here.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's that's great, great stuff. And the people I've talked to that made the haul out last year, um, they were uh, extremely satisfied and are looking forward to going back. So um, that awesome. is that is great stuff. Um, thank you so much for coming on um, and telling us a little bit about the, the history of the track um, and, you know, just what is all going on at Bandamere Speedway. And guys, girls, Sporty Bandamere, if you need them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I can always be reached. My email is really simple, sporty at
0: Ah, perfect. All right. You got the uh, Yeah, you guys, you got the the direct link um right there to the man himself if you have any questions about this awesome race that's coming up. Uh Sporty, thanks so much again for coming on. Uh we wish you the best of luck to you, your family, and the track for the rest of the season.
2: Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. And I just I, you know, before I go, I just want to give a shout out to all the other track operators and tracks and sponsors um y- you know what we all do this together you know what it takes all of us um if we don't have racers we don't exist if we don't have sponsors we don't exist if we don't have you know other supporting track operators we don't exist and so you know what um you know together we just we all got to be smart we all got to work together and 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 lord willing things will uh get back to to normal just as soon as possible
0: i, th- I think we're all praying for that I mean, honestly, Amen. I think it's uh Amen. it's been tough on all of us. So um but uh appreciate you coming on and um we will look forward to uh, I look forward to our paths crossing here again real soon. All right, let's bring this thing back in. Let's take a peek at the other lane and yes, let's go ahead and take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is today's show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number forty-three. There it is, there's the wind light we got it nice work today we did have a great week i mean we really truly did have a great week um you know you can get this thing oh we had no roadster talk first of all um that, so that's good we talked the american fighting spirit so that's good um you know it's top gun day so that's good and then we broke news we had breaking news about the largest purses in top sportsman in top dragster history coming up this year that is great great stuff for our classes so really i think we we killed it today we had a so we earned that win light for sure special thanks to our guests for coming on today cody moore he's a top dragster standout and future star in our sport and then of course sporty Bandemir from Bandemir speedway came on and broke big big news so Thanks to everybody uh, for listening. Um, Thanks for liking and sharing the Facebook and Twitter pages. I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. Question. Yes, sir. If you were a top gun character, which one would you be? Maverick all day, every day, all the time. Sure. And listen, I want to go in and I can neither confirm nor deny if I've ever serenaded someone in a bar before, but uh it's <laughs> how I roll, bro.